Hey folks, it's me, Tony Gatliff, your host of Military Resource Radio, coming at you with our first digital, all digital installment of Military Resource Radio. Uh, we are no longer on terrestrial radio, so if you are going to uh, consume Military Resource Radio, you have to do one thing, and that is subscribe to us in podcast form uh, on iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or any of the uh, other uh, podcast outlets that we're on, which can all be found at militaryresourceradio.com. Uh, that is the website with all the latest and greatest information on Military Resource Radio. And our first guest coming up uh, here today uh, really is an absolutely amazing person. Uh, he really needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. That is documentary filmmaker Ken Burns. Uh, he's here today to talk to us about his uh, latest documentary, which has received all kinds of, kinds of uh, critical acclaim and praise. And I saw it too, folks. I will tell you, it is absolutely amazing. If you are a, uh, a fan of military matters in general, just general U.S. history, or you just want to see something interesting and different takes on, on an interesting subject, uh, I need you to uh, take a look at his Vietnam War documentary, The Vietnam War. Again, uh, Ken Burns uh, just was so amazing to have on the show. He was so gracious with his time. And uh, we're really, really happy to have him on. And before we get to that, again, uh, for all the latest and greatest information on uh, Military Resource Radio, I want you to go to militaryresourceradio.com. And I want you to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast outlet so that way it gets uh, downloaded right into your device every single week. Uh, and that's automatic. You don't even need to worry about it. You'll get Military Resource Radio in your device every week, whether you like it or not. And so that's amazing. The other thing I wanted to mention before we get to our interview with Ken Burns is we have a Twitter for Military Resource Radio. We're just rolling it out. It's at Military RR. Again, that's at Military Romeo Romeo. That's our Twitter. So please follow us on at Military RR on Military Resource Radio. Uh, that is our official Twitter. We'll be putting up uh, great information about the show uh, on that. And again, that's at Military RR. Without further ado, let's get to our uh, the man of the hour, the star of the show, our guest, Ken Burns. He's coming right up right now. Hey, Ken, how are you, my friend? Thanks for joining us on Military Resource Radio. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Hey, th thanks for coming on. I, j I just wanted to say uh, just right off the top here, I'm just a, a huge fan of yours. Uh, I can tell you in my uh, eighth grade uh, social studies class, our teacher actually showed us uh, the entire Civil War documentary right in class. So uh, I was familiar uh, with your work from a very early age. Thank you. That's very, very kind. Well, as you know, we continue to return to the subject of war as an extraordinarily revealing window into who we are as Americans, whether it's the Civil War, the defining moment in our history, or the Second World War, the greatest cataclysm in human history, or more recently, the Vietnam War, which is central to who we are right now. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you're not just a war expert. Obviously, uh, baseball is one of my favorite documentaries as well, too. I remember watching that with my uh, dad when I was a kid as well, too. So that's uh, that's awesome. But uh, uh, really, thank you. You know, we're, we're interested in finding out how our country ticks. And we look at sort of iconic American subjects, whether it's baseball or jazz or country music or the Dust Bowl or Prohibition or biographies of individuals from Huey Long to Frank Lloyd Wright. Lewis and Clark to Mark Twain, uh, we're trying to figure out who we are. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, here what we're here to talk about today uh, is Ken Burns and Lynn Novick's The Vietnam War. Uh, it's been seen by more than 33.8 million viewers so far. And uh, it's right now it's uh, the highest streamed series premiere in PBS history. And it's a, it's a PBS documentary. And Ken, first of all, can you tell folks where they can go to view uh, the documentary now? Well, you can go to Amazon or shoppbs.org and pick up DVDs or Blu-rays. Uh, it's already gone through its broadcasting and free streaming, but you can also go to pbs.org uh, slash Vietnam, and you'd be able to uh, download to own or download to rent or, or various uh, configurations of that. It's a 10-part, 18-hour series on the history of the Vietnam War, sort of complete soup to nuts that shows all facets, all points of view, uh, more than 50 Americans, so-called ordinary Americans are featured in it, but we also were able to interview many North Vietnamese soldiers and North Vietnamese civilians, South Vietnamese soldiers, South Vietnamese civilians, and Viet Cong guerrillas to sort of round out the uh, portrait of it, and it's probably the best-reviewed film of my life, I think. I I would say so, and you've had some some incredible reviews in the past, and uh, but people are really talking about this, uh, and, and I think one of the one of the biggest uh, things that uh, that I noticed, uh, you know, watching this, and and it and it's just it's a tremendous tremendous documentary for those who haven't seen it is the comparisons uh, to you know we've we've basically as a country we've we've. Uh, we've sort of looked at the, the Vietnam War through a certain lens, right? And and what I what I learned, right? We've we've learned it, we've learned the Vietnam War through the American lens. And what I think you do such a great job uh, of in this documentary is showing it through the lens of folks that are uh, that are you know uh, the South Vietnamese, the Viet Cong, the North Vietnamese. You show it through through each and every one of those perspectives, and, and I just thought that was tremendous. Well, you know, I think that when Americans talk about Vietnam War, they only talk about themselves, and they basically limit those American perspectives to just a couple. Uh, we included more than 50, as I said, and then felt it was hugely important to get what the other side was thinking about. And, uh, and it's been very interesting that the combat soldiers from Vietnam and even combat soldiers today, our veterans, are coming up to me and saying the thing that they were most appreciative was hearing what their counterparts uh, felt and thought and did. And, and that, that's where they most enjoyed uh, the film is, is sort of understanding what was happening on the other side of that ridgeline or what was happening on the, uh, at the other side of that ambush or whatever it might be right right and 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 that was that was a very interesting part of this and uh you know i i wanted to get a little bit uh into your you know personal connection to the vietnam era um uh, i believe you were born in 1953 correct that's right so you're sort of in that baby boomer era my father was born in 1956 uh well i guess you're a little bit post baby boom right nope 
Nope, I'm I'm right in the you're, you're heart right of the baby bone. You're right in there. Yeah, okay. no. So I, I I grew up with the Vietnam War. I came of age, you know, digesting what was happening on the evening news. And the question of the draft came up uh, for me. I ended up in the last uh, uh, sort of uh, lottery and ended up with a high number. Uh, but the war was always raging around me, whether it was on television or it was in the streets of the college campus town that I grew up in. And so uh, it was very, very much a part of my upbringing. But I think the most important thing, Tony, is to realize that everything I thought going in, and I thought I knew a lot about the Vietnam War, was all wrong. And so <laughs> I think what I've been most pleasantly surprised as a filmmaker is that how I had to shed whatever preconceptions, whatever superficial knowledge, whatever baggage I had to make the film. And then what I've gotten back in feedback is from people just up from every walk of life, including soldiers who were there saying, I had no idea. No one ever told me. I didn't know that aspect. And a lot of that is stuff that we've learned through new scholarship over the last 42 years since the fall of Saigon or our access to Vietnam that has permitted us not just to interview people there, but to have access to their archives and their scholars and the physical country itself. And that has helped us understand, uh, triangulate, if you will, a clearer picture of what happened in the Vietnam War. Hey folks, Tony Gatliff here, host of Military Resource Radio. While we have a minute here, I wanted to mention our mission statement here on Military Resource Radio, and that is as follows. Here on Military Resource Radio, we connect veterans and active duty service members with amazing resources and organizations to improve their lives. We inspire veterans, active duty service members, and civilians alike to get involved with these amazing resources and organizations. We also enlighten veterans, active duty service members, and civilians alike on service-related resources and benefits like the real estate and mortgage market and process, as well as other current military news and events related to them. Uh, in addition, folks, we always like to, on Military Resource Radio, we like to send out a hearty thank you to all our veterans and active duty service members around the world and coast to coast. Thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you so much for what you continue to do. That's what makes uh, America the land of the free and the home of the brave and what uh, keeps us uh, doing Military Resource Radio every single week. So thank you so much to all our active duty service members and veterans coast to coast and around the world. We really appreciate it. Now, back to more Military Resource Radio. talked about you talked about the uh, lottery and how you had a high draft number right so for folks out there um obviously having a higher draft number meant that you know you were less likely to get uh selected in the in the lottery that's that's correct in the very beginning the draft was you know completely democratic but you had um, deferments. If you were in college uh, and then later maintaining a good grade point average, you were deferred. If you were married, you were deferred. All sorts of different things, which people with more resources, more upper middle class and richer people could take advantage of. And so the burden of the war fell disproportionately on poor and uh, African-American and other minorities 
uh, to fight. And and there was a great hue and cry. This is, of course, the decade dedicated to civil rights. And the, and the military did re- adjust that. And then politically, Richard Nixon instituted the lottery, which permitted everybody to be in there. So if your birthday was called and it was number one, you were going up. By the time that I was eligible, he was so drawing down, had withdrawn almost all the combat uh, forces, that there wasn't going to be a chance, regardless of my number, that I was going to be called up and be sent to Vietnam. And by that time, the war was so unpopular that more than a majority of American citizens felt it was a mistake, more than a majority felt we should get out right of now, uh, more than a majority felt that, that, you know, that ending the war was exactly the right thing to do. But everybody, every young man of that age was, you know, uh, tossed and turned on the possibility of what that accidental, uh, completely by chance uh, draft number might be. To me, you know, it's it's very interesting what you're saying. You know, I, I thought I knew a lot about Vietnam, right? And, and you know, after watching your, uh, your documentary and, uh, you know, reading up on everything, it's, it, it's amazing how much that even folks who would consider themselves Vietnam experts, it's amazing how much that has been unknown previously. Well, you know, we were surprised that we hired, uh, we didn't interview any scholars, but we, we, we um, hired them and they came in at different junctures from the earliest conceptual stages to the treatments to the early drafts of the script to finally showing them stuff. And what was so gratifying is that they had helped us enormously in their little area and yet they were just as stunned by learning other scholars' area of scholarship. Somebody may know a lot about the presidential tapes. Someone may know about the foreign policy of John F. Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson. Some may know uh, about uh, the Vietnamese strategy. Some may know this or that. And so all of those put together, we tried to synthesize all of this new scholarship. And what was thrilling is that not only was it brand new for us, but it was brand new for the scholars if it wasn't in their particular area of expertise. And I'm not just talking about people who think they're well-read. I'm talking about scholars who've devoted their professional life to knowing this stuff. Sure, not just novices, folks that are were literally doing this as right. a professional undertaking. Wow. Hey folks, Tony Gatliff here, host of Military Resource Radio. It's important to note that Military Resource Radio is powered on the BBMC Mortgage Radio Network and that we are sponsored by BBMC Mortgage. BBMC Mortgage is a full-service national lender doing business in all 50 states in this great United States of America. And we are here to help with any purchases, refinances, or any residential mortgage needs you may have. So if you do have any needs, uh, please dial us up at 888-366, the number four in the letters MRR. That's 888-366-4677 numerically. And we can put you in touch with the right expert who can uh, assist you with uh, any residential mortgage needs you may have, whether that's uh, a refinance, a purchase, whatever it is that you're looking to do on the mortgage side, we can help you in all 50 states here at BBMC Mortgage. And as well, folks, if you do choose to do business here with BBMC Mortgage, you're doing well and you're doing good at the same time. And why is that? Well, that's because of the BBMC Mortgage Patriots Charity Initiative. This is an amazing program, folks. $150 of each and every funded loans proceeds 
is given to one of four different veteran-related charities. The customer on the loan chooses the charity. The $150 belongs to BBMC Mortgage, but we send it wherever the customer tells us to send it. The four veteran service organizations that the customer has to choose from are as follows. The USO, the Headstrong Project, the Mission Continues, and Team Rubicon. These are four amazing veteran service organizations that are doing a ton out there for veterans. All you have to do is go to militaryresourceradio.com, scroll down, and take a look uh, simply at uh, the Patriots Charity Initiative uh, part down at the bottom of the page. It's absolutely amazing. You'll get a better idea of uh, the Patriots Charity Initiative as well, and you can learn more about it at militaryresourceradio.com. Now, back to more Military Resource Radio. Very interesting. You know, you you talk to folks. Um, you know, I mentioned to you earlier that I watched the uh, Civil War documentary in my eighth grade uh, uh, U.S. history class, and uh, the teacher that I had actually was a gentleman by the name of Rufus McGaw. He was a uh, a, a Marine Corps veteran and a uh, a Vietnam veteran. And so through that lens, you know, he had all kinds of slides, showed us about his experience in, in Vietnam, uh, etc. And, uh, you know, uh, like you were saying, right, that's, that's one person's uh, experience and that's, that's uh, one person's lens. But, you know, uh, certainly that was something that was being discussed much more in the 90s. And it seemed like for a while we sort of went through a lull as a culture where no one was really discussing Vietnam anymore. And, and well, that's, it seems that's, like that's pretty obvious. Sure. Well, I hope it's at the forefront, and I hope we've contributed a little bit to that. Um, you know, this was a war that didn't turn out well for us, and Americans weren't very anxious uh, to talk about or think about or consider stuff that wasn't just a celebration of American exceptionalism. Plus, sure. the country was so divided that a lot of soldiers came home, and they were often told, you know, take off your uniform, grow your hair long, and just blend in. And then, of course, all war is horrible, and many people who go off to war come back with experiences they don't know how to sort. Uh, they don't know how to talk about. And so you tend to clam up anyway. We found that with our World War II veterans. We even found it with Civil War veterans, not that we met any that were live, but they, they communicated in their diaries a sort of difficulty in being able to articulate what had actually had happened to them, the things they'd seen, the things they'd done, the people they'd lost all of these raging emotions that take place in war. And so I think all of these conspired for us sort of not to deal with Vietnam. And when we did deal with it, it was mostly in feature films, and there's no Vietnamese character that's one-sided. It's about coming home, or it's Apocalypse Now, or it's it's Platoon. It's any one of these great films, but they're they're not giving us a complete picture. And so what we had to do was, I think, sort of take a time out. But finally, as we realized so much of the divisions and the hyper-partisanship that we experience today had their seeds in Vietnam, we're obligated to go back and find out what happened, not just push very superficial and turns out to be wrong ideas back and forth across the plate and demonizing the other person who doesn't agree completely with us. We're obligated to find out what was happening, find out those battles that matter. So, you know, you can talk to average Americans like you who got the Civil War in, in school, and they know Shiloh, and they know uh, Bull Run, and they know uh, Antietam and Gettysburg. But 
you know, if you take away Quezon from most uh, Americans, they can't name you five battles. Well, we wanted to make sure you knew 20 battles in this and that you would understand it from different points of view. You'd understand it from the top down and the decisions being made in the White House. You'd understand it from the Pentagon and from McVie and Saigon, but you'd also find it from the people in the field, the soldiers who were doing the actual fighting, and that was the story. But then that battle, we wanted to know what their uh, South Vietnamese Marine counterpart was also experiencing. And we wanted to know what the North Vietnamese soldier or the uh, Viet Cong guerrilla that they were fighting felt also. And so what happens is that you begin to see these things come alive because you've, you've been able to describe them from lots of different perspectives. And it, it becomes um, a way for us to finally deal with it, have conversations that are civil, have arguments about it with the sake of working out those arguments rather than just having an argument. And that's what's been going on since the broadcast of the Vietnam War series. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it, it's it's just a tremendous, tremendous uh, documentary series. And and, you know, I would urge anyone out there to uh, please take a look at it. If you have any kind of interest in, you know, American history or 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 any of that, it's, uh, you know, the the biggest compliment that I, I, I think I can give you on this is it's 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 extremely factual right it's not editorialized there's not a lot of opinion nope. in it it's you being very factual and and being very honest on you know any political side of what happened and and i just found that to be very refreshing in today's day and age yeah we wanted uh lynn novick my co-director and i we wanted to be umpires calling balls and strikes and so you'll see every different political point of view there, but they're represented by individuals, not by the filmmakers. And that was really important that we could bring everybody along. And I went out and I got funders for this thing. This is a public broadcasting film uh, from the far right and the far left, and more importantly, every stripe in between. And that was important to us, too, to say, look, we don't have a, 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 an agenda. We don't have an ax to grind here politically. We just want to find out what happened. What happened? That's what the Marine who opened the film says what happened what happened and we then spent the next 17 hours and 50 minutes trying to tell you what happened uh in vietnam from all the different perspectives so everybody's going to be represented there Hey folks, Tony Gatliff, host of Military Resource Radio here. And a question I get all the time about Military Resource Radio is, Tony, where can I listen to Military Resource Radio? Well, we are no longer on any terrestrial outlets, folks. We have went all digital here on Military Resource Radio, really taking a step into the future, folks. And uh, so what we are doing is we are on several different online outlets that you can get on your favorite device. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn, which is already pre-programmed into your Amazon Echo device. All you need to do is go up to that Echo device and say, Alexa, play Military Resource Radio podcast. Boom. Instantly. The most recent episode of Military Resource Radio will start playing on your Amazon Echo device. Whether that's a spot, a show, the regular Echo, whatever it is, you can get Military Resource Radio anytime, any place through Amazon on that. And as well, again, folks, those online outlets where you can download, subscribe to, and rate Military Resource Radio five stars are as follows iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn.
And folks, another place that you can uh, grab Military Resource Radio digitally is through our website at militaryresourceradio.com. Not only can you get uh, all available episodes of the show, a preview of our next show, and as well as some other features, this is where all the latest and greatest information about Military Resource Radio uh, is uh, given out. Uh, you can take a look at our podcast tab where you, you can see each and every uh, previous episode of the show right there and available for play right at militaryresourceradio.com. You can click the About Us tab, take a look at a little bit more information about me, Tony Gadliff, your host of Military Resource Radio, and about the show itself. You can contact us uh, through our online contact form, or you can simply call us at 888-366, the number four in the letters MRR, that's Mike Romeo Romeo. Numerically, that's 888-366-4677. You can contact us either via email or via phone. Um, and uh, as well, uh, you can take a look again at militaryresourceradio.com. That's our home base for all the latest and greatest information. Uh, you can check out where to listen to us, the links for the aforementioned iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, TuneIn, Player FM, Google Play, iHeartRadio. They're all right there on our website, so you can go to whichever outlet you like the best download uh, right into your device and subscribe to our podcast and rate it five stars folks you have no uh, idea how much that helps here with military resource radio so again i'm tony gatliff your host of military resource radio please don't hesitate to head on over to militaryresourceradio.com and contact us through our contact form or uh, just take a look at some of the great information on the show. Or if you want to, give us a call. We do respond to all voicemails and messages left. Again, that number is 888-366, the number four in the letters MRR, or 888-366-4677 digitally. I'm Tony Gatliff, your host with Military Resource Radio. Now, back to more Military Resource Radio. One, one other thing that, you know, I wanted to mention as well, when you start looking at it, when you see this deep dive that you've done on, on Vietnam and, uh, and all that, you, the, the, the comparisons to the modern day wars that we're still in as a country, the Afghanistan and Iraq wars, the comparisons are amazing when you really start looking at it. Well, you know, people are fond of saying that history repeats itself. It does not. And people say you're condemned to repeat what you don't remember. That's lovely, but not true. Mark Twain said history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. So there's lots of things that from the Vietnam War that rhyme in the present moment and help us understand. And they do have to do, uh, Tony, with asymmetrical warfare. We're still trying to deal with that in the global war on terror. And that was something that Vietnam brought up uh, for us. And at the same time, we were dealing with mass demonstrations taking place across the country against the current president. We've got a White House in disarray, obsessed with leaks. Also, both of them, Vietnam things. We've got a president who thinks that the media is making up stories, uh, uh, are lying. This is still uh, what, what both Johnson and, and, and Nixon felt uh, during Vietnam War. We've got huge, big document drops of stolen classified material into the public sphere. You've got the WikiLeaks of today and the Pentagon Papers of back then. And 
And you've got accusations that a political campaign reached out during a time of a national election to a foreign power to influence that election. And you have, of course, Richard Nixon uh, reaching out to the South Vietnamese to get them to boycott the peace talks that seem to be increasing the likelihood that Hubert Humphrey would be elected in 1968, something that Johnson picked up through wiretaps and intercepts and called treason. And the Republican Senate leader uh, called it treason as well, Everett Dirksen. And now you have, of course, the allegations that the Trump campaign were in cahoots with uh, the Russians uh, during the national election. So you begin to realize, my goodness, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, one very, very startling uh, statistic that that uh, that I guess maybe I had heard it, but maybe it didn't hit me as much as it did when I when I watched your uh, your documentary was 58,000 Americans dead. Right. And then that's, you know, obviously we've we've heard that number, you know, year, for years and years and years. But the three million Vietnamese dead, I did not realize that yep. that number was that high. Yeah, three million plus. That 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 is about two hundred and fifty thousand. A quarter of a million South Vietnamese soldiers are our, our allies. About a million North Vietnamese soldiers and Viet Cong guerrillas. There's no way to know for sure. And then, unfortunately, two million civilians. And then you've also got to count tens of thousands of civilians in the neighboring states of Laos and Cambodia, because more tonnage of of uh, bombs were dropped on the Laos portion of the Ho Chi Minh Trail than of all the bombs dropped in the Second World War, both on Germany and Japan combined. Yeah, and, th- and that's a very interesting point because, you know, pe- people forget when we say Vietnam, they forget about the part in Laos and Cambodia. Yeah, and, and we also never stopped the traffic on the Ho Chi Minh Trail either. And the Ho Chi Minh Trail is not just one little road. It's an intricate, braided network of jungle paths and things hacked out of the Laotian uh, jungle. So it's, it's not like we were inept and couldn't hit that road. We could, but then they would just take, uh, you know, when we bombed that out, they would just take subsidiary uh, routes until we discovered them. So that's why uh, it was so ineffectual. Yeah, and and you know, I, one thing you brought up earlier, and just a, a quick question here: out of all the feature films that have been made about Vietnam, the fic- fictional films, obviously, uh, which one which one is your favorite? Which one did you think was closer to uh, the closest to reality out of all those films that have been? Well, made? that those two criteria are not necessarily one and the same. <laughs> That's so true. So your favorite film. My favorite film is probably Apocalypse Now, but it's nothing like combat in Vietnam. It's a it's an unbelievably amazing allegory that really has as much to do with the uh, uh, original source material, Joseph Conrad, than it does with and and with the genius of Francis Ford Coppola than it does really with trying to be accurate to the Vietnam War. So I'm not sure there's any any feature film that's been accurate to the Vietnam War that I've gotten to know over the last 10 years, the way you could talk to World War II veterans uh, who were there at Normandy and look at the first 20 minutes of Steven Spielberg saving Private Ryan and go, my God, that's as close as a feature film will ever get to what it was like that that morning uh, in June of 1944 when the largest uh, invasion in human history hit the French shore. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that those are those are great points. You know, just and and as we're wrapping up here, you know, I know you only have a couple minutes here and and you've got to get going. But, you know, what do you what is your hope by making this 
this film and you know pouring your heart and soul into it, which you obviously have. Um, what, what is your hope that folks take away from this? That they take away from this film? Well, I, well, I, I think what we want to say is here is a big, complicated event. We're not going to tell you how to think. We're going to give you the tools to think on your own. So I think what I want as a takeaway is that people will begin to understand Vietnam a little bit more um, in, a, in a more complicated fashion that doesn't have us just resort to our own sort of sides, the red state, blue state side. Oh, you know, you're this, you're that. And we begin to label, but a much more nuanced understanding of it, which permits us to say to the Vietnam-era soldiers, not the, the thing that ends the, co- the conversation, thank you for your service, period, goodbye, but welcome home. What can we do for you? And I think that's what's been failing uh, from our conversation about this. We still have not been willing to say anything, but thank you for your service is just a way of saying you're doing all the dirty work for us now, either to soldiers now or soldiers back then. And, and that's not the conversation we want to be having. We want to know what happened to you. What do you think? What do you feel? How can we have a, a complicated conversation about what wrong without resorting to the political fights that we always get to in our uh, cable news culture? Absolutely. And I think we're having that. We're having, we're having good discussions now. People are coming up to me on the street and saying, my dad never, never talked about it, and we got him to watch, and now he's talking, or my grandpa, or my father-in-law, or my brother, or my cousin, or my uncle. And that's good news. We have to be having those kind of conversations, and not just with our soldiers, but also with the people that oppose the war. Why, Grandma, did you go and, and march on the Pentagon that time in, in 1967? Why were you so opposed? I mean, America, this is the first time in which there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on October 15, 1969, for the moratorium that took place all across the country. It was the largest you know, mass demonstration in American history up to that point, and it was about Americans doing something they had never de- done before in that many numbers, which was protesting a war. We wanted to understand what that was, not just the protest movement in some romanticized light, but the mistakes they made doing it, just as we were going to hold the generals and the strategists accountable for their mistakes and the politicians, my goodness, accountable for all of their mistakes. We also wanted to hold the enemy accountable for their mistakes, not just mistakes in tactics and strategy, but also mistakes in their own ideology. So we are equal opportunity critics, but we also celebrate the bravery of the soldiers who fought. We celebrate sometimes the bravery of the people who fought against it, and we just wanted to tell a complicated story. And I think once you've done that, then it's then it's then you can have a family discussion, not us against them. Absolutely. And uh, again, I know you're a very busy man, and you're uh, you've got to yep. uh, move on to some other uh, items, but. Yeah. I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on, oh, it's been on, my pleasure. on Military Resource Radio. And it was my pleasure to watch your documentary and, uh, and uh, you know, everything else you put out over the years has been great. And uh, we thank, thank you, you so much for, for being on here. And uh, we look forward to maybe having you on again at some point. I look forward to it, Tony. Thanks so much. Take care. And that's all for our interview with Ken Burns, folks. Ken was absolutely so uh, incredibly generous with his time with us here on Military Resource Radio, and we we really, really appreciate him coming on the show. 
Hopefully we'll have him on again soon because I feel like we barely scratched the surface and uh, we probably could have gone on for hours and hours and hours in long form with all the questions I have for him, but uh, it was uh, great to have him on. Uh, and Ken was an absolutely amazing guest and uh, we're looking forward to, uh, with our new all-digital version of uh, Military Resource Radio, we're looking forward to uh, having more amazing guests like him on uh, to talk about uh, issues that are uh, pertinent to uh, veterans and active duty service members and so uh we really think it's been a great start uh uh here with ken burns uh he's an absolutely amazing uh, filmmaker and we're so glad to have him on the show again folks just another reminder visit us at militaryresourceradio.com take a look at our podcast outlets or just search us on your favorite pod podcast outlet that's military resource radio and please subscribe to our show so downloads uh, automatically go into your device every single week as well follow us on twitter at military rr that's at military romeo romeo uh, for military resource radio I'm Tony Gatliff, and uh, this completes the first all-digital edition of Military Resource Radio. We hope you enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed our uh, time with Ken, and we will talk to you more next week. 